Thank you for listening to Scandinavian Crimes Podcast. Be sure to check out the episode links and be part of our other social media platforms where you can leave a topic suggestion or even share some of your insights regarding the subject matter of the episode. We will always do our best to provide a well-researched episode, but sometimes due to limited access to information and translation issues, some information can be lost. It is therefore good to do your own research and get a deeper understanding of a case of your own interest. So with that all said, let us start today's episode. Welcome to another Scandinavian Crimes Podcast. My name is Devontae and say hello to my lovely co-host, Delilah. Hi. And on this podcast, we will cover famous Scandinavian criminals who made their mark throughout Scandinavian history. So on today's episode, we will talk about Jadi Seppo Arnio, a former Finnish police officer who was convicted of a range of serious criminal offenses and a true example of what police corruption looks like. We will dive deep into what his crimes were, the trial, and everything that led to the murders and charges. Now, what's important about cases like this, or even episodes like this in general, is it kind of can happen to anyone. Uh, You can have a bad day, run a red light, or sometimes you won't even run a light at all, or you can do nothing wrong. And sometimes you can encounter police officers who are very much corrupt, who maybe are looking for financial compensation or are looking to forward their career. But this can happen to me. This can happen to you. This can happen to someone, you know. So this is why this case is extremely important. But enough with all that. Let's tell the story of the corrupted police officer, Jadi Seppo Arnio. Arnio was born on August 22, 1957 in Helsinki, Finland. He began his career in law enforcement in the 1980s, working as a police officer in Helsinki. In 2004, Arnio was appointed as the head of the Helsinki Drug Squad, which was responsible for combating drug trafficking in the capital city of Finland. Arnio was accused of accepting bribes from drug traffickers in exchange for his help in facilitating their operations. The exact amount of money he received in bribes is not entirely clear, as the bribes were often paid in cash and were not recorded in official documents. However, the court found that Arnio had received at least 40,000 euros in bribes from one criminal organization alone, and is believed that he received similar amounts from other organizations as well. The total amount of money Arnio received in bribes may never be known with certainty, but it is clear that the corrupt activities involve large sums of money. He used the money to fund his lifestyle and pay other individuals working with him. Helping facilitate drug transactions was not the only way he abused his power. Arnio used his influence and power to intimidate and silence witnesses who were cooperating with law enforcement or who had information that could incriminate him or his associates. He threatened the witnesses with physical harm, threatened to be unemployed, or other forms of retaliation if they spoke against him. He was also charged with misuse of police resources for his personal gain, including using police vehicles and equipment to carry out illegal activities or to provide services to criminal organizations. One of the biggest miscarriages of justice that Arnold was accused of participating in was tampering with police evidence and obstructing investigations in order to protect these same criminal organizations. He falsified documents and altered evidence in order to make it appear that he and his associates were not involved in illegal activities and sometimes frame others for crimes instead. 
He falsified an arrest report in order to cover up the fact that he had accepted a bribe from a criminal organization. At one point, he also planted drugs on a suspect in order to frame them for a crime he or the criminal associates did. He also withheld evidence, including evidence that had been collected as a part of a police investigation. Arneal also manipulated witnesses, statements, and pressuring them to change their statements or withholding information that could incriminate him or any of his associates. He was threatening people with violence or other forms of retaliation if they did not cooperate with him. One thing that he was accused of specifically was that he would smuggle large quantities of amphetamines and cocaine into the country. His work involved protecting the smugglers and helping avoid a detection by the law and providing them with inside information about police operations and investigations. Doing this, they were able to stay one step ahead of the police. Arnold was also coordinating drug smuggling operations by arranging for the transport and distribution of drugs once they have been smuggled into the country. He was allegedly to have used the position to help smugglers move the drugs across international borders and to evade detection by custom officials. Arnold's crimes were believed to have been committed over a period of several years, from around 2004 to 2013, which is almost 10 years of both smuggling, of both planting evidence and also interrupting police investigations. The investigation into Arnold's criminal activity began in 2013 and was carried out by the Finnish National Bureau of Investigation, where he was arrested in September of the same year. The legal proceedings against Arnold lasted for several years, with the trial starting in January 2015 in the Helensky District Court and the verdict being delivered on October 2017. During this time, evidence was presented that showed the extent of Arniel's criminal activities and the damage that he had done to the Finnish justice system. Arniel was charged with a variety of crimes, including drug trafficking, accepting bribes, aggravated abuse of power, and tampering with evidence. The trial featured extensive evidence, including witness testimony, wiretap phone conversations, and physical evidence such as drugs and cash. The trial featured testimony from a number of witnesses, including former associates of Arneo and other individuals who had been involved in the drug trafficking or other criminal activities. Some witnesses testified anonymously out of fear of retribution from criminal organizations or from Arneo himself. On October 3rd, 2017, the Helensky District Court delivered its verdict in the case. Arneo was found guilty of all charges. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison, and he was also ordered to pay a fine of 900,000 euros. Arnio appealed the verdict, but in December 2018, the Finnish Court of Appeals upheld the lower court's decision. Arnio is currently serving his prison sentence as we speak. With the evidence of the trial, police were able to connect Arnio with another case that got closed in 2003. The victim was a 43-year-old Swedish man who was found dead in the garage of the Hens in the Helensky suburb of Espoo. He was beaten to death with a crowbar and his body was then transported to the nearby forest and buried in a shallow grave. The investigation into the murder was initially closed without any charges being filed, but it was reopened in 2017 after new evidence emerged that made Arno a suspect in the murder. The evidence against Arno included witnesses, DNA evidence, and other forensic evidence linking him to the crime. At this trial, Arnold denied any involvement in the crime and maintained his innocence, but he was ultimately convicted of the crime and sentenced to life in prison. It is important to note that Arnold's murder conviction was not related to the charges he faced in his earlier trial, which focused primarily on his involvement with drug trafficking, bribery, and other forms of corruption. The murder was investigated separately and was not a part of the same trial. 
During the aftermath of both of Arno's trials, there were significant impacts on the Finnish justice system and public perception of law enforcement in the country. There were reforms within the Finnish police force, particularly in terms of how they investigate and prosecute their own members. The Finnish National Bureau of Investigation, NBI, was also given increased resources and power to investigate corruption within the police force to prevent incidents like this from happening again. The Arno case also had an impact on the Finnish people's trust of the justice system. Many were shocked by the scale of Arno's criminal activities and the extent in which he had abused his position as a police officer. Crimes were seen as betrayal of his police title and a violation of the trust placed on him by the Finnish people. The trial received significant media attention and was seen as a test to see the ability of the Finnish justice system to investigate and prosecute corruption within its own ranks. It also created a broader public debate about the role of law enforcement in society and the need for transparency in the accountability of the justice system. Overall, the aftermath of the Arno trial was a significant case, especially for the Finnish justice system and the public's perception of law enforcement in the country. The case has shown the importance of transparency, accountability, and international cooperations in the fight against organized crime and corruption. So, after hearing all this, the case is pretty trippy in itself, but um, I kind of want to make a point before you know I let you talk, Delilah, because even though I've been reading the story entirely and all that stuff, but um, cases like this are very important because, like I mentioned earlier in the intro, this could be either one of us you know you can you can do nothing you can be a citizen in whatever country you're from and police corruption in terms of situations like this can be severely detrimental to innocent people because in the court case they mentioned that he framed somebody he would plant evidence on people just to make sure he himself did not get caught as well as if they were getting too close to finding out information about him like he would basically frame you and stuff like this happens all over the world every day in various different forms and various different forms of uh you know uh, levels of the justice system so it can be very deadly it can be a very dangerous thing because to any listener who's listening to this right now as we speak you could be driving on the highway you can be on the train you can doesn't matter what you're doing if a corrupt police officer sets its sight on you and they feel like I need to set this person up to get the heat off me or whatever their motivation is, this could put you in a situation where you could be behind bars. And because you have no evidence or any way of proving that it wasn't you, you could end up in trouble. And if I'm being completely honest, in most court systems, it's not about who's actually innocent. It's what you can prove. If you can prove you're innocent, then yeah, but it happens every day all over the world that people get accused of crimes and sometimes they're convicted and then come to find out 10, 15 years later, they're innocent. But there's nothing you do now. Those years are gone. You cannot get time back once it's gone. So stuff like this is very detrimental to the justice system of any county, any country, any city. It is important that we hold people like this responsible because it affects everyone not just me not just you everybody it affects us all because you don't want to ever be in a situation where you're doing what you're supposed to be doing you're following the laws you're paying your taxes doing everything you're supposed to do as a citizen of your country 
And the next thing you know, you can end up in a situation because of a corrupt police officer. So it is entirely possible that your life can be altered by events like this. But I'm done chatting. I want to keep repeating the same thing. But uh, yeah, uh, Delilah, let me know what you think about this. So this case is actually very recent compared to the other cases that we have done. Even though the cause for the corruption is not really clear, to me, it seemed like he kind of immediately, as soon as he became the head uh, of the drug squad in the police department, he kind of just started with his corruption. And I think that's quite interesting because usually uh, it doesn't happen immediately like that. It feels like he kind of maybe he come he came from a background, and or he probably got a deal or something beforehand, and then just did it because we already know how much money you can get by being affiliated in that. Um, so that's why I thought it was a little strange that he just immediately became part of the whole drug trafficking and all the charges he was sentenced for. Another thing that I thought was good about this whole case was that a lot of different countries was involved in this investigation. Um, It was countries like Sweden, the Netherlands, and Estonia. And usually when it comes to this huge drug, like um, usually when it comes to drug trafficking, uh, a lot of countries are involved as well Uh, so I think it's a good thing that you can get information and also uh, you know in a faster way deal with the situation and because Arneo was actually a really he had a really good influence and was one of the big ones so charging him and finding him and charging him was a really huge deal in Finland Um, other things that I also wanted to say just like things that I thought about as well was how stupid kind of Arnie was he by threatening so many witnesses it only gives you it gives you more of you know, people who will be involved in the whole uh, investigation or like the whole um, other things that I kind of thought it was weird what Arnio did maybe he was discussing this with his other criminal affiliation or organization people that he had contact with to do certain things but him threatening witnesses was very uh, strange to me because like I know it's worth like it's I know it's worse to kill because in that case you will have to kind of hide it some way but threatening them and having so many to threaten only can result to you know eventually getting caught which happened because he had so many witness witnesses and people he had threatened um so I just thought it was he should have been like I think you have to be smart in a way and not try like try to minimize as many witnesses as you can but it felt like 
he kind of just like threatened so many people because he has so much power and he thought he was like invincible invincible or something um and also him tampering with evidence i thought it was like how can one see that how can somebody see you have been tampering with this because they're not only one person who is reporting or filing a report or doing the paperwork there are many police officers or people who are involved in that so of course they will see it but he probably didn't think that his police colleagues would do that which they you know report him or anything but they eventually did that as well so I'm like how did you think you could get away with it because there's so many people involved in this and they notice it but they just you know I thought he was overestimating his power and influence and think that people wouldn't dare to do anything against him. And usually there there are this hidden moral thing that you you trusting your officers and they don't say anything and talk behind your back. You guys stick together kind of community thing going on with the police force in general. Uh, and I think he probably took advantage of that and thought that it would apply for his corruption as well which it did for some time, but eventually uh, they kind of went against him. Uh, I just think that this whole, you know, everything that he did went on for way too long. I would have wished for, you know, people to report him, but obviously they were scared, which I understand. Um and I think it worked, but he could have probably done this for way longer if he, if we if he was more careful with what he was doing. Um, and he even murdered like people. We don't know how many people he murdered. They only fi- found one, at least one victim. Uh, and it's, it's not even clear if the victim was affiliated with the drug organizations or anything like that either. Uh, people speculated but it's not really 100% clear but in summary I would say he just kept adding you know things and uh, he kept adding more and more insecurities and uh, in his whole scheme and his records and he couldn't control it anymore people there were more and more witnesses more and more police officers and everyone who noticed and saw these things and you know reported him and there was just more and more evidence against him and uh yeah so i thought in that kind of way he was not the smartest one when it came to it but he was he been he was able to do it for a long time so i i guess it you know worked a little bit at least yeah, it's a pretty straightforward case. Uh, like I already mentioned earlier in the podcast, crimes like the uh, like this one tends to affect people because it was definitely mentioned that he was a type of person to frame people when people were getting too close to him. So, unfortunately, when you're in situations like this, innocent people can be affected. But I already said all that, um, all that earlier. So I always recommend and tell people just be mindful. Um, situations like this are unavoidable but do what you can to if you're driving doesn't matter what country you're in i would say get a dash camera they're relatively inexpensive do what you can to make sure you can collect as much evidence as you can in any situation get a home security system you know get cameras 
Uh, we live in the age of, te- uh, of technology, especially social media, um, because situations like this, believe it or not, are still happening in present day. So uh, I know, like I said, it's unavoidable. Nothing you can really do, but uh, try to do what you can to protect yourself, not just, you know, physically, but, you know, legally as well, because things like this does happen. So uh, today's, I guess, episode is pretty short, pretty sweet and to the point. This is pretty straightforward and, you know, nothing too twisty or concerning in terms of the details and the outcome of the case. So I guess just let us know what you thought about today's episode if you want shorter episodes and longer episodes. And also letting you guys know that we do have a Twitch channel. You can go follow. It is on our Linktree website. So you can go follow our account and also kind of catch up with us outside of just podcasting. So that way you can interact with us live when we actually decide to stream on the Twitch channel. So just be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, just go follow the uh, Twitch and uh, we'll definitely kind of connect with you guys more on a personal level. And also feel free to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, all that jazz. And uh, yeah, so any food recommendations? Um, I would say I kind of I'm 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 craving fish. <laughs> I just don't know which one, but I'm. I don't know why, but I like to just like, like, get a fish and just put it on top of a bonfire in the nature and uh, have a tent. That's pretty much what I want to do right now. Well, that was oddly specific in terms of how it should have been cooked, but uh, at least... I think that scenario is very important as well. (laughs) Well, I guess for me personally, I'm not particularly craving anything today uh, I think lately I've had my cravings uh, so I'm, I'm pretty okay I don't have anything off the top of my mind that I think you should eat uh, I guess I can stick with something simple beef patty with cheese cocoa bread that's that's keep it mm. simple and uh, yeah. so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and be sure to leave reviews as well on Apple Spotify all that good stuff and let the algorithm know on these podcasting platforms that you love us okay thank you bye bye bye